0: Don't be yeah. shy. Really get your nose right in there, really. Mm. A little citrus. Maybe mm. some strawberry. Mm. Passion fruit. Mm. And oh, there's just like the faintest souss of like uh asparagus, and there's a just a flutter of like a like a nutty
1: Edam cheese. Wow.
0: Hey, this is Derek. And this is Katie. And we just got back from a depressing trip to wine country. This is Sideways on Superimposed. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Katie, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Your podcast, TFGIF, is also one that Drew is on Do you want to give people a little sense of kind of what your podcast is about?
1: Yeah, so TFGIF, uh, thank fucking God it's Friday, is a 90s TV podcast, sometimes movies. We kind of mix it up here and there, and we both just, well, I mostly like to talk about the 90s, and I kind of drag Drew into it a little bit, (laughs) but... (laughs) I think he enjoys it for the most part. A lot of the shows that we cover are ones that he maybe doesn't remember very well and I have more memories about. And so I think for him, it's a little bit fun because he doesn't have as much nostalgia necessarily about them. And he's seen them with more of fresh eyes as an adult. Whereas for me, I'm like very much going back to where I was when I was first watching those shows. Yeah.
0: I think that's great. I love your podcast. I just um, finished the Exiles episode actually. Oh nice. Yeah, you actually picked one of my favorite episodes. Um, Darkness, Falls. Yeah, oh, Darkness, like Falls. Darkness Falls. Oh, Darkness Falls. I used to have it. Wow. I used to have it on uh, VHS back in the day. Um, nice. Yeah. I'm actually going through that right now. Like I'm I'm making my way through the series. I'm up to like season 4, I think right now.
1: Oh okay. Yeah, it's a good one to watch in quarantine, I guess, because it's a lot of episodes and takes up a lot of time. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's like um, I tried last year going back through Star Trek: The Next Generation, and you forget like those episodes, the hour-long episodes, and there's like twenty-five episodes per season, and it's just so much. So, X Files is kind of the same way, but yeah, I really enjoy it anyway.
1: Yeah, and. It's a little bit confusing, so it's not necessarily one that you can just have on in the background when you're watching the mythology episodes that are about the aliens and all that.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, it, great episode. I, the Power Rangers one was good, too. I liked that one.
1: Power Rangers was not my favorite to watch, but it was pretty fun to talk about. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing about some of these 90s shows is you remember them as being good. Although, Drew... He does still think the Power Rangers is entertaining. I do too. But <laughs> <laughs> they're they're fun to kind of talk about how bad they are. Like our step-by-step episode, both of us hated watching it. And it was just so much fun to rip on the whole time.
0: Yeah. I did remember that theme song, by the way. Step-by-step, day-by-day.
1: Yeah. The, uh,
0: <laughs> but yeah, the Power Rangers was funny, though. I, I, I still watch it very infrequently but there there's this kind of like Saturday morning cartoon thing I go through once in a while where I need to watch that or you know X-Men or something like that nice after I as I was like listening to the episode I kept texting Drew I'm like you you got that wrong like (laughs) (laughs) like Lord Zed was blah 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 you know and uh, it's kind of funny but anyway
1: yeah I mean I wouldn't say that we're the most factual podcast we do research but We don't spend, like, hours on it, so it's mostly whatever we find on Wikipedia or we remember in our heads. Yeah, yeah.
0: Very, very cool. Well, thanks for joining. Um, Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. I guess I didn't really lead into this, but Drew's out for a couple weeks because, well, it's the new school year, and it's kind of a mess up here, I think, in the Seattle school system, so he just wants a little bit of time to get that sorted out, so
1: yeah adjust yeah so he's taking a break from our podcast as well and I've had a couple guests on in the meantime yeah Drew doesn't really like to talk about certain shows I knew that they would be hard to get on the radar and so I'm like well I can use this time to talk to some people that I've met through the podcasting community yeah and And you know shows that he would would not talk about X-Files I know that
0: yeah X-Files doesn't seem like a kind of show that he would want to do or like that he would like no Because I already know that we're not going to do any horror movies for this (laughs) podcast (laughs) because it's really not his deal, So, uh, which is fine. There are plenty of other movies out there.
1: I thought about picking a horror movie for this just for that reason. I figured that was the case, but I don't really like horror either.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. There's some I like, some I don't like, so it's a a (laughs) crapshoot. Well, so you actually picked this movie, Sideways. I did. What was your kind of reasoning uh, behind it? Is it like a really favorite movie of yours or?
1: No, not really. So I know that sometimes you guys do ones that one of you has seen and the other hasn't. We've both seen this movie, but I actually hadn't seen it until like a month ago. Oh,
0: really? For the first time?
1: Yeah, for the first time. So I've been doing Letterboxd. I don't know if you're familiar with that website. A little bit, yeah. But... Yeah, it's a website where you can like track movies that you've seen and that you want to watch. And every month there are scavenger hunts where people will do prompts and you try to find movies that match the prompts. Mm -hmm. And so in July when I was doing the scavenger hunt, one of the movies I picked was Sideways and I couldn't believe that I had never seen it before. And I love wine. It's all about wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
0: (laughs) Well, I had seen it, I think, when it first came out, like in 04, 05, and I was just kind of like right out of college and it didn't hit me quite as it hit me differently i should say than it hit me as it when i recently watched it so i guess we'll get into that but
1: yeah that makes sense Yeah,
0: (laughs) a little older a little wiser
1: i definitely didn't think that movie was geared towards someone like me when it came out and i know my parents saw it because you know they're winos they love wine they collect wine all that stuff so it's right up their alley for that reason yeah now i am more into wine i'm older and i was like okay this is probably the time to watch the movie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I know you're super into wine. So yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of right up your alley.
1: Yeah, I do have some Pinot Noir here.
0: Oh, fancy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So the movie came out in officially in 04 as limited release in October of 04. Didn't have a wide release until January of 05. It came out in a wide release the same time as Are We There Yet? The movie... Was only made with like sixteen million dollars, which is like pretty low budget, I think, even for two thousand four standards, and it grossed one hundred ten million worldwide, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. All right. So we got Paul Giamatti as Miles, a severely depressed <laughs> divorcee. Thomas Hayden Church, who plays Jack, um, who's getting married, and the the whole movie essentially is a premise around their bachelor week. Up in wine country
1: yeah it's almost a bachelor party like a friend two guys bachelor party
0: yeah exactly the smallest bachelor party I guess you could have (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) so when I was watching this I definitely thought that Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church were closer in age oh really look up how old they are
0: no how old were they
1: well how old do you think Paul Giamatti is in this
0: in in the movie um like you know when he filmed the movie
1: or Yeah, I mean, I did this based on the release date, so they could have been a little bit younger than that, but...
0: I would say Paul Giamatti is like 38, 39 when this movie came out. Thomas Hayden Church...
1: He was 37.
0: 37. Okay, yeah. Thomas Hayden Church, I think, is like 45
1: around then. Okay, so you were more on the money with this. <laughs> cause, yeah, he was 44 <laughs> okay, when it came right. out. Yeah, which they're supposed to be like college friends. They met freshman year or something. So with the seven-year age gap... Yeah. I'm guessing that Paul Giamatti is supposed to be older.
0: Well, he, I mean, he definitely looks older. Yeah. Paul Giamatti, you know, I have in my notes is like probably the least sexy dude I've ever seen in like a movie uh, that's about yeah. sex, <laughs> you know? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I didn't realize that there was such a big age difference. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. I just couldn't believe that he was 37. Yeah.
0: I mean, Well, I'm, jeez I'm 38 right now. Yeah. I don't look anything like... <laughs> what he looked like
1: <laughs> that's what i was thinking i was like i have friends who are like older than him and he looks so much older Oh god it doesn't help that he was wearing like slacks with a belt and his like pudgy belly is yeah. like kind of peeking out a lot. a lot of the
0: fashion i would say in the movie was very like tail end 90s fashion it 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 didn't quite come into the 2000s just yet because it's that whole baggy like pleated khakis and just a bad look overall. Like no one needs to wear that.
1: Definitely. All
0: right. So we also have Virginia Madsen as Maya. Sandra O oh as Stephanie. I love Sandra O, oh, She's great. And Mary Louise Burke as Miles' mother. Those are pretty much the biggest players in the movie.
1: Yeah. Anybody else is in the movie for 30 seconds. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Did you see that Sandra O oh was married to the director?
0: I did. I didn't actually know that until I, I read that piece in trivia. Yeah, and apparently they ended up divorcing like two years after the movie came out.
1: Yeah. But I, that's Hollywood, I guess, for you. <laughs> she's doing all right. Yeah, she's not bad. He probably is too. Yeah.
0: She's, I mean, I, mean, I found her attractive back then. I mean, even today or watching it like, yesterday, I was like, man, she's gorgeous.
1: She looks basically the same.
0: She does, yes. <laughs> what has she been in recently have you
1: she's in killing eve right now okay
0: so uh miles is basically a an unsuccessful unsuccessful writer and a wino and like i said before a depressed kind of divorcee middle school teacher who takes his friend jack on a road trip up to the santa Ynez valley wine country which for some reason i thought was napa for the longest time, because you just associate the wine country with Napa, I guess. I thought the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, Miles just wants to have like a fun, relaxing time, uh, going golfing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, whereas Jack just wants to get laid, one last fling before he gets married.
1: Not even essentially. That is his, his one primary
0: goal. reason. Yeah. So once they get up there. They meet Maya, who's a waitress at uh, a restaurant that Miles frequents called The Hitching Post. And it's a
1: real restaurant.
0: Is it really? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, The Hitching Post 2.
0: It's kind of a weird a weird name for a wine bar, The Hitching Post, because it's very like Wild West, you know, hit your horse here sort of thing. you think it'd be more of like a saloon.
1: I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that that area wasn't that much of a tourist destination before. Oh, yeah. And so it was just more casual.
0: Yeah. We also meet her friend Stephanie, played by Sandra Oh, uh, who is an employee at a nearby winery. They meet my, <laughs> She meets Miles and Jack when they go to visit her winery and Jack hits on her like there's no tomorrow and she digs it. So they end up kind of getting together.
1: Yeah, they go to dinner together.
0: They all go to dinner together in one of the most cringy scenes of the movie. <laughs> there are several cringy scenes in the movie, but that's one of them.
1: It does have a very, well, iconic for sideways quote where Jack says that if they order Merlot then they're drinking Merlot and Miles says if anybody orders Merlot, I'm leaving. I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. <laughs> right,
0: yeah. Well I sent you that gif about that, right? Yeah. Then they get together, they have dinner, and then they end up going to Stephanie's house where Jack and Stephanie kind of hook up. Miles and Maya have a an interesting night. <laughs> um, they just kind of talk, and she hints that she's interested in him, but he's still kind of messed up from his divorce, so he doesn't know how to kind of interact with her, and it leads to some weird moments in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, he had actually called his ex drunk from the restaurant.
0: That's true, yeah, I forgot to mention that, which is why it was so <laughs> cringy. And then uh, things happen. Miles finds out that his manuscript is rejected. He makes a huge scene at the wine tasting, at a wine tasting room essentially. Miles is with Maya. He accidentally lets slip that uh, him and Jack are there to celebrate his wedding. Stephanie eventually finds out, cracks Jack across the face with her motorcycle helmet. They go to the hospital, get his nose fixed and everything. Then at the restaurant Jack hits on the waitress using his star power, essentially, because he's like a uh, kind of a wash up actor at that point and ends up hooking up with her, excellently leaves his wallet with their wedding rings at her place because they get caught by her husband, which I don't like. Why did he? OK, so why did he have the wedding rings in his wallet?
1: I have no idea.
0: I never got that.
1: It doesn't make any sense.
0: It's just a reason for them to go back into the, into the right. house.
1: Because like Miles said, he can get new cards, he can get a new ID, and the only reason they go back is because he starts freaking out about these one-of-a-kind rings that have dolphins on them and Sanskrit In engravings. Sanskrit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so miles goes in he essentially breaks into the house well the the door's unlocked so he just goes in the husband and wife are having sex on the bed like right next to the wallet on like the nightstand or whatever so miles just runs in and grabs it and heads out and then you see the naked dude just like lumbering out of the house after him chasing him down the street
1: (laughs) no clothes on
0: no clothes there's a lot of male nudity in this movie i will say
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot more than an average movie. Then in order to kind of like prove that his nose breaking was kind of like a legit accident, they smash his car into a tree or Miles' his car into a tree. <laughs> and one of the funnier moments of the movie that I thought when like they first kind of like gently rammed into the tree, yeah. and kind of bent the fender, and he's like, "No, we need to do more." And so they put the brick on the on the accelerator and then they st- they try to steer it into the tree, but it just like swerves off and goes into a ditch. I thought that was hilarious.
1: I think that clip was used in the trailer because I definitely remembered seeing that and it seems like something that would play well in a trailer to yeah, show this sure. is a comedy. yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was so like it is classified as a comedy, but I, there weren't like a ton of comedic moments. some dark guess, comedy. some dark comedy moments. So cut forward to the actual wedding, the day of the wedding, Miles runs into his ex and her new husband, Miles, finds out that she's pregnant. So he kind of goes off the deep end and I think he goes to Taco Bell, right? And he ends up drinking that, the wine that he was talking, it was kind of like building up the whole movie to drink this like 61 uh, Chateau Cheval Blanc uh, he ends up drinking it at Taco Bell and later receives kind of like a phone message from Maya because he had lent her his his man, manuscript or is it a manuscript? Yeah.
1: Yeah, she had he had given her two boxes that had his book in it. So I don't know how many pages it was, but it had to been like 600 at least.
0: A lot of freaking pages. Yeah. Yeah. And so then she calls him back and then he's like, fuck this. So he goes up and the last scene is him knocking on her door, essentially. Yeah, that's a movie. I... You
1: d- you did miss some stuff in there.
0: Yeah, this was a very um, okay <laughs> abri- abridged version.
1: Okay, uh, just making wh- sure that you knew that you did <laughs> do the middle.
0: <laughs> there, yeah, there, I mean there was some pieces in there. Um okay. what, what did I miss that you wanted to cover?
1: So when Jack and Stephanie are like growing their pseudo relationship, she yeah. introduces him to her daughter Sienna. Yes. yes. After like. Two days or something, and that is just not something that people do or should do.
0: Well, and uh, totally, yeah. I had notes like, "What the hell is he thinking?" Like Paul Giamatti was totally correct in calling him out on his like his actions. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he met his, or he met Stephanie's like mother too. I think that was her mother, yeah. right? Yeah, they the all bowling went bowling. Alley. And they're just like, like, what are you doing? Like, what is this?
1: And there's later when they're back at Stephanie's house and Sienna gets up from bed and Jack puts her back to bed. Yeah. My note just says boundaries.
0: Yeah. She seems like just like a free will and spirit kind of lady who would just kind of be like, this guy's in my life now. Like, we're just going to make the most of it. Like, whatever's, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, she was pretty snowed by him. so Snowed by she- him? Yeah, like uh I've never heard that expression. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, like uh kind of like the the wool over her eyes, like he kinda duped oh, her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because he was doing all like lovey dovey, like telling her he loves her and he wants to spend the rest of his life, you know, all that kind of jazz.
1: Saying that he wanted to move there and like start mm-hmm. his own winery. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. What a freak.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he's a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> and you know he never told his new wife about oh, any of, course. of that.
0: I think, like, both both him and Paul Giamatti, they were just, I don't know, such depressing characters. Like, it was just, I don't know if Jack was just going through, like, this crisis because he didn't actually want to get married. Or, like, he just saw that the process of getting married is just so stressful in itself, you know. I don't know, like, why I never felt that way, like, going to get laid before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was just, like, he needed to go through this to realize how much he does love his wife or if he went all, or if he went through all of that and he's like well this is my only option so i'm gonna go through with it like it was yeah. kind of unclear in the end i know there was a part where he was like sobbing and begging for miles's help to get like the wedding rings and stuff back but right. it's hard to understand if that was really where he was or if he was scared because mm-hmm. things had kind of unraveled for him
0: or if he was, like, a sex addict or something.
1: Yeah. Also, he's an actor.
0: That's true. He's an actor. Well, because, like, why you just kind of got slammed in the face with a helmet from this girl that you were kind of fucking over. And then, essentially, like, the next day, you go and hit on a waitress and, like, hook up with her that day. It's like the the mental hoops you have to go through in order to do that has got to be astounding. <laughs> at least to yeah, me. I don't get it. I,
1: I have no concept for it at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I felt so bad for Miles the whole time. Like, he's a depressing guy, and like, you know, you kind of see that throughout the movie. It's a very consistent thing, but his friend is abandoning him constantly on this trip that's supposed to be just the two of them. And there's all these scenes where he's like hitting golf balls by himself, he's eating in a restaurant by himself, he's at a winery by himself, whatever it is, taking naps and buying porn. Like,. You kind of feel for him in that way, just having been abandoned on what was supposed to be like a fun trip for them.
0: Yeah. Well, and even like he was so over it by the end because he didn't even go to the the reception, the wedding reception, or at least it didn't seem like he did. He just kind of like, he's like, fuck this. I'm not, I'm not going.
1: Yeah. After he found out that his ex-wife was pregnant.
0: Yeah. Well, and even like their friendship was so tenuous It was just very like, they didn't really seem like good friends.
1: I'm just guessing that Jack is very self-absorbed.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And part of that could be that, you know, he is an actor and he's used to having all this attention on him. And as he is getting older and he's more washed up and doing more voiceover stuff, maybe he misses that and is kind of craving it.
0: True. Yeah. Okay, we talked about the excessive man butt And naked people, (laughs) naked dudes. One thing I thought was maybe a missed opportunity. I thought he was going to take the 61, the the bottle of wine, the 61 Chateau Cheval Blanc to Maya and not just like kind of have a depressive episode at Taco Bell with it. Um, I thought he was going to take it up to her and be like, I'm here now. Let's hang out.
1: Yeah. I mean, one thing that she said was the day you open a 61, whatever it is, is an occasion in and of itself. I don't know the exact quote, but he was like saving it for something. And so for him to save it for her and use it in that context might have been contradictory to what she was saying and Mm -hmm. him not taking her advice. Yeah,
0: I thought it was interesting. I actually tried to look up update on this. I thought well, coming out of college, this movie I thought was huge for like the wine industry. And I definitely know like the sales of Pinot Grigio or is it Pinot Noir? Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Thank you. Went like skyrocketed after this because of his whole like heart- heartfelt monologue, s- monologue, soliloquy, whatever you want to call it about yeah. uh, Pinot Noir. But I tried, I was like looking up data like Did sales actually skyrocket after this movie? But it did accelerate a little bit. I felt like this movie was kind of like the the beginning of like the wine culture in this country.
1: It might be, but it also just might be the age that we are and that we're aware of things. That's true. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. I did see that Merlot sales went down after this movie, but they had already (laughs) been trending down. So it's kind of hard to point it to this movie exactly Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I don't know anybody who drinks Merlot, so.
0: What do you drink?
1: I normally drink Cab Sauv.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Yep. Or Rosé. Rosé all day. (laughs) Nice.
0: I like, yeah, I like pretty much whatever. I, I like wine, like, with food and stuff. I just don't like, like I said, I get, like, wicked crazy hangovers from wine for some reason.
1: Yeah. This Pinot Noir that I'm drinking right now is from Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Like, it's called Quarantine, Oh, so it was like this thing that they did for charity back in like March or April and I bought a couple of bottles of it. Nice. It's not my favorite, but it's fine.
0: So, I pulled up a little bit of trivia. I'm curious if you if you know this. It's about wine. Oh, okay. So, do you know like the best-selling varietal in the US?
1: Um, I would say maybe Chardonnay.
0: That's right. It is Chardonnay.
1: I think there are a lot of people who maybe aren't as into reds. And of the whites, I think Chardonnay is probably the one that is less divisive.
0: Or mo- most accessible. Yeah. Yeah, it's Chardonnay, then Cab, then Red Blends, then Pinot Grige, Pinot Noir, and then Sauvignon Blanc. Oh. So I thought this was interesting. Do you know which generation drinks the most wine? Boomers, Gen X, Millennials, or Gen Z?
1: I hope it's not Gen Z. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not Gen Z.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh maybe gen x
0: no it's actually it's not necessarily a trick question but it's there's a tie so boomers and millennials both share 34 percent of the kind of wine consumption
1: i mean i should have said that because my parents are basically boomers and then i'm a millennial (laughs) (laughs) and that's a lot of wine (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah when we all get together we drink a lot of wine a lot of wine yeah
0: it's weird that gen x is so low it's like 21%. Hmm. Anyway, I just thought That was is a it. lot lower. So, did you have like a favorite scene in the movie?
1: I guess my favorite scene would be when Miles finds out that he didn't get the book deal and mm. he basically storms back into that very very fancy winery. Like it's so fancy that it has a fountain with wine in it. And he asks the person at the counter for a pour and you know gets a little tiny bit. He inhales it. Gets another one, inhales it, and then says, like, pour me a a real glass, basically. And the guy's like, we're not a bar. Just buy a bottle and take it outside. And so he steals (laughs) the bottle, fills his cup to the brim, and spills it all over himself. So then he picks up the spit bucket and just starts trying to drink that, but he just gets it all over him. Yeah. Yeah so gross. It's so gross. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. Especially right now with like coronavirus and like germs. and Yeah,
0: that's what we call a mental breakdown, people. <laughs> yeah, so crazy.
1: Did you have a favorite? Yeah, I would say the
0: the crashing the car into the tree. I think that was probably my favorite because yeah. they're just like, well, we need to come up with an excuse for my nose. And so we'll just do this. And I just thought it was funny because it was just like the perfect way to cap off their week. It's just to, like, run the car into a ditch.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was very symbolic of that weekend. Mm-hmm. And especially when they, like, drive into the driveway of, I don't know, I'm guessing it's his house or maybe it's her house. I thought and it was like her parents' house, right? Maybe. Okay. Maybe it's the parents' yeah. house. And it's just, like, this beat-up car pulling into this mansion. <laughs> <laughs> and they drop off these, like, broken wine bottles because when they crashed the car, some of the bottles broke.
0: I know. Like, you didn't think of that beforehand? Just like pull him out.
1: Well, Jack was trying to surprise Miles. That's true. Other than telling him to put on his seatbelt.
0: I did look up a little bit of trivia for this, and I thought something was really interesting. So, Thomas Hayden Church, when he auditioned for this, actually stripped naked for the audition, and he was the only one to do that. And so, yeah, I, I saw
1: that. that. <laughs> it's I such a small weird. part in the movie, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Like, I don't even think he really has a lot of speaking lines where he's actually naked because then he gets wrapped up in the duvet cover.
0: Right. And then the the house where they retrieve his wallet from was actually used as a meth lab up until like a week before. And so they didn't change anything. They just kind of kept it as is. And filmed yeah, it's in there. so
1: gross inside.
0: I guess if you're like, uh, you know, a producer, that's like the best case scenario. Then you don't have to like painstakingly or like a set designer I should say painstakingly like put everything there
1: it doesn't speak very highly of the waitress and her husband though
0: that's true yeah
1: that was a very big mess for two people to make and there were so many holes in the wall
0: yeah I've seen places like that though That's really gross yeah what I thought was interesting like it was a book it was never published but I think the director Alexander Payne read the treatment of the book or whatever and liked it so much that he bought the rights to it And it wasn't even published until about like a week before the movie came out.
1: I think they did that on purpose is what I gathered from that. They didn't want it to come out earlier. I think they wanted the movie to help drive sales or something like that. So maybe it was like one of the conditions of selling the rights. Yeah,
0: I should have known that as a marketing person. That makes perfect sense. (laughs) Yeah, cool. Uh, I was going to go into the sequel now if you're interested in hearing that. Yeah. All right, so I spent a lot of time on this. (laughs) (laughs) um so there actually there was a book that the writer wrote a sequel book to sideways called vertical and did you see anything about that by chance no no so basically it was like did you
1: just copy this (laughs) yeah it's word for word basically
0: (laughs) we're gonna be here all night so um it's basically the the premise of that was that paul i think goes on a road trip with his mom out to like missouri or something and and jack accompanies them and there's like Weird shit that happens along the way. And then his mom
1: That sounds very improbable. Yeah,
0: and his mom like dies or something. I don't know, some weird thing.
1: I was just gonna say dies.
0: (laughs) But I'm like, I I don't wanna do that. So okay, so my sequel takes place five to seven years after the end of the first movie. Miles and Maya are still together. He quit his teaching job and moved to wine country to be with her. Uh, she's got a job at Stephanie's winery. She graduated from her from school or whatever. And Miles writes still writes in between kind of like his job at like a wine bar or something like he's like a sommelier at a wine bar let's say his his new book i'm i'm titling it yesterday is today <laughs> <laughs> it is finished and his agent has been kind of been circulating around so kind of similar to the last movie so the movie starts out following Maya, Stephanie and Miles as they go about their day um to give you a sense of kind of what they've been up to they all get together during an evening for a very, very like californian picnic in a vineyard at sunset sort of thing you know catching up together
1: there was one of those moments in this movie and it looked very i know it nice. looked pretty
0: right so mm-hmm. during the picnic miles gets a call from his agent that his book has been picked up by a publisher finally then we cut to jack for the first time he's now a father to a newborn son I'm calling him jason i guess he and his <laughs> wife are having a rough go of it he still keeps in touch with miles though he's not acting but he's working for his father-in-law now, like he said he wouldn't do. <laughs> um, as we're catching up with Jack and his family, he gets a call from Miles, letting him know his book is being published. Jack's thrilled, becomes adamant that they celebrate the occasion in some way. So that weekend, Jack surprises Miles and Maya with tickets to a wine tour thing, tasting thing, in, a, in an unspecified region in Italy. I, d- I didn't want to really get specific about that, where Miles had always wanted to go. Um, Maya had always kind of hated Jack, obviously. Um, but she <laughs> sees this as a kind of like an olive branch to rebuilding their friendship relationship or whatever. Cut to some funny moments of them planning and leaving for Italy. Both Miles and Maya are ecstatic to be going on, uh, you know, this trip, uh, cause they love wine and, you know, they're talking about wineries, like, you know, and all the wines are gonna be tasting all that kind of stuff. And they're kind of geeking out over it. Once they get to Italy and they get settled into their hotel, they hop down to their hotel restaurant and who do they see? jack at the hotel restaurant (laughs) talking to a woman at the bar no man it's obviously awkward because miles has a hard time kind of saying no to jack and building barriers let's say you know it's clear that jack is there to be jack they catch up over drinks and there's a lot of kind of cringy moments from jack um at their first winery jack makes a lot of like a big scene Uh, he gets super wasted there's a montage of them touring around different wineries Miles and Maya get, again, kind of like, I hate to say, geek out over the wine. Um, We learn a lot more (laughs) about, like, Italy and, like, their their wine culture and all that kind of stuff. Jack, however, continues to just get, like, wasted, plastered. Over time, Jack's behavior starts becoming more erratic. Miles gets sick of it, eventually has to sit him down to talk. He figures out or kind of lets slip that he's freaking out, Jack is, because he's not sure if he's going to be a good dad to his baby. He's been having some issues with Christine, his wife, and her father at work because he works for her dad. So it's, it's this whole, like, fucking thing that just kind of, like, piling on. Um, He's been in a bad place. And he thought, like, coming out and trying to kind of relive the, the, the bachelor week times <laughs> would be kind of, like, a good thing for him.
1: That successful week. <laughs>
0: right, exactly. Well, it was exciting, I guess, at the very least. He ends up feeling guilty for taking advantage of his friend. So he makes it up to him by giving him and Maya kind of, like, a nice romantic night out. Um, Miles is talk with Jack kind of made Miles realize that like, I mean, Jack's having all these issues with with his wife and Miles is having an awesome time with Maya and they have been for the last like five or whatever years. And he's like, you know, maybe I should put a ring on it. So he sneaks off to a jewelry store. He gets gets, um, Jack to kind of like preoccupy Maya. He runs off, sneaks off to a jewelry store, picks out a nice kind of antique ring, Italian ring. Uh, That night while they're after dinner, they're walking along the piazza Miles proposes to Maya. She obviously says yes. It's really heartfelt and emotional and all that kind of stuff. Blah, blah, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. blah. And then, uh, so cut to the ending. uh, They're getting married in like a vineyard. Everyone's there. It's a good time. Jack and him have kind of made up. And Jack has kind of like taken on the father role and... Become a better husband, that sort of thing. So everyone kind of grows in the end. Yeah. So that's kind of the sequel.
1: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, and I really like the Italy aspect of it. I think that sounds fun, and it sounds like a much better sequel than going to. Did you say Missouri? I think it was
0: like Missouri, or the Midwest somewhere. Or I don't <laughs> somewhere know, in yeah. the Midwest.
1: Yeah. With with his mom. Yeah. yeah, I liked this a lot. I do think that it would make sense that Jack would feel that way about becoming a father and, you know, kind of feeling trapped Mm -hmm. in his relationship because it's both his job and his family. That, I think, makes sense for his character. So. Yeah.
0: And he's a he's a wild child too. He's got to get out there.
1: Yeah. I definitely thought you were going to go a little bit of a different way with the sequel.
0: Really? Would you That think?
1: involved Stephanie mm-hmm. and her having gotten pregnant or something.
0: Oh. I hadn't thought about that.
1: Yeah. Oh. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good a really good idea. Yeah, and they could have like there could have been this whole thing like like Miles and Maya still so could be a thing, but then Jack is kind of just like sucked back into this world because of that.
1: Yeah, and maybe him and Miles are not getting along because of how they kind of ended things in the first movie and then, you know, how he treated Stephanie, who is really good friends with his girlfriend. And Mm -hmm. there could be, you know, more tension and hopefully at the end, some growth for Jack because he did not grow over the course of this original movie at all. He did not, no. (laughs) Miles did. (laughs) Unless it was something about him realizing how much he loves his wife or, you know, his fiance at that time. But I don't know. It was hard to tell.
0: That's true. I think Miles grew a little bit, but you're right. Jack didn't at all. That's actually really good. Yeah, Yeah. There was one... (laughs) there was one, uh, I forget which episode it was, but Drew came up with a really good one. I was like, man, I should have I thought of that. <laughs> I always go for like, I don't know, sequels. To me, they kind of have to, they don't have to hit the same notes, but they, they kind of have to pay respect to the original in some ways, but mm-hmm. also like stay true to the characters, but like put them in a different situation. But I think yours, yours is really good.
1: I read that for the sequel, the book sequel, the author took out Stephanie's character so that if Alexander Payne did the movie, then he wouldn't have to work with his ex-wife. <laughs> That's right. <yeah.
0: laughs> well, didn't it, wasn't it also that, so Sandra Oh, when she was cast, she changed the character from the books quite a bit. And oh. I think the oh, author yeah. didn't like that either. So. I
1: read very vaguely. And so... That makes sense with what I read, because what I read was that her character might have been named Tara in the book, Mm. and that she was a lap dancer.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: (laughs) So that's very different from working in a winery. winery, Yeah. Oh, tomato, (laughs) tomato. I don't know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, cool. Um, we can move on to conspiracy theories.
1: Yeah, I have a couple. One is vague. So I'm not going to go into details on this because I didn't come up with it. I saw it on Reddit. Oh, really? Okay. And that is that Miles commits suicide in the end. Oh. Very dark. Okay. (laughs) But some of the evidence for it was that There's that scene at the end after he finds out that his book isn't getting published. And he says something like, I can't even kill myself. Nobody kills themselves before they get published. And Jack says, well, what about the guy that wrote Confederacy of Dunces? Like he killed himself before his book got published. Mm -hmm. And like, why would they mention that if that wasn't the case? (laughs) And there's that whole montage where he goes home and he's just like, so depressed like he's in class Mm -hmm. and not even paying attention to the kids like the whole time he's just like very depressed and this theory i'm going into this way more than i thought i was going to this theory ended with um when he goes to maya's in santa barbara afterwards or the santa barbara area he like climbs the stairs and they're like that's like him ascending to heaven (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> he knocks on the door and there's no, there's answer. no answer yeah
0: it's almost yeah it's almost like if you've seen inception where they they have like the the totem or whatever the he spins the top and you, you're you like was it real was it not real i got the same feeling from from this where it's like or from that theory i should say where it's like is yeah. he actually
1: there i don't know well the ending doesn't really make sense with everything else that's happened with the movie like nothing built towards him getting a happy ending
0: true true She did. She did call him though, and say like she finished the script or the 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 book. Yeah,
1: and I guess she did say like he can come up there, but she also said that she won't be at the restaurant. So right,
0: right. That's a good one. (laughs) You said you had other ones.
1: Well, that yeah. So that's the one that I got from Reddit. (laughs) I just needed a jumping off point (laughs) here, you know. (laughs) Um. So my actual one that I came up with was that Miles is writing a second novel based on this trip that he and Jack have taken. And this movie is basically the visual form of that novel as he's remembering it. And he paints himself as very like moralistic. While Jack is more of a hedonistic persona, it's a little bit more heightened. Interesting. Okay. And he's the hero of the story. He's the one who goes through all these trials that are resulting from his friend's actions. Mm The biggest of which is, you know, this woman he falls in love with suddenly hates him and he can't take that blame on himself. He puts it onto his friend, even though he obviously had a part in it because he wasn't truthful. Mm -hmm. And he should have maybe been pushing his friend more rather than condoning all of this behavior. But in real life, he and Maya actually parted ways and he is using the book as an opportunity to write what he wished had happened in that he drove back to the Santa Barbara wine country and they got together.
0: Nice. I like that.
1: But it's interesting because in the movie, you know, Jack is very, very flawed and Miles doesn't call him out on it as much as you would think he would. Like in your sequel, you mentioned like Miles sits Jack down and they have this conversation, like basically an intervention. And that's something that probably should have happened in this movie. Yeah.
0: Well, they have that like suicide talk sort of like you just mentioned where they they mentioned the uh confederacy of dunces or whatever yeah but it wasn't very like it wasn't very encouraging
1: <laughs> no it was you can kill yourself <laughs>
0: yeah. there's there's precedent for it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i like that okay cool my conspiracy theory is that jack wasn't trying to have a good time or wasn't just trying to have a good time during the week He was purposely trying to self-sabotage the wedding because he didn't actually want to get married. Um, It wasn't until Stephanie caught on to like what they were doing. Then he realized that he would actually have to go through with the wedding. And so like he was doing all this like self-sabotage and then he had to kind of like just cover his ass essentially to make up for his broken nose and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. You can't be truthful. Right. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So essentially the the whole week it was just him trying to figure out ways to get out of the wedding, which is sort of depressing to think about, but...
1: I mean, he's a depressing character. I think we're supposed to think Miles is the depressing character, but Jack is something else. They both are, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, Next, we can do bar trivia names. Did you happen to come All up right. with any?
1: I did. I had a couple. I steered clear of wine-centric ones because that seemed easy okay, for sure. me, just like, you know, I drink wine a lot. It would be an easy way out for me. Mm-hmm. So the first one is just the name of Miles's book, The Day After Yesterday. Yeah,
0: that was one of mine too.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then the other one, in one of the scenes where they go golfing, it's right after they get in trouble for being too slow and they're like hitting balls back at those guys Mm -hmm. who hit them towards them. And Jack is ranting and like using colorful language as he walks by this table and it's this older man and a little boy and that man like calls him out and says like watch your language basically and that guy is credited as having the name vacationing dr walt Hendricks, <laughs> which is so walt Hendricks was the principal in alexander payne's earlier movie election
0: oh okay interesting
1: so it was the same guy in like kind of a cameo, but I just liked his name, the vacationing doctor Walt Hendricks.
0: Nice, I like it. So yeah, so I I really like that one. Um, it's a deep cut. The <laughs> yeah, I also had the day after yesterday. I also had uh, we're not drinking fucking merlot. That was one of them. And then um, the one the one I liked the most was waiting for the abattoir. Do you remember that scene? he's like abattoir what is that and he's like oh it's. i like
1: remember a th- it vaguely what scene is it
0: i actually don't remember what which scene it is in maybe it's a golfing okay. scene or they're walking they're walking somewhere okay maybe from the bar or something and he's like something like waiting for the abattoir which is like a slaughterhouse um no because he's like abattoir what is abattoir
1: nice
0: cool now we get to move on to the juicy stuff Our top five road trip movies. Yes. Since you get to pick the movie, I'll give you the the honor of going first. I'm actually very curious to see like how how we overlap because like I don't think Drew and I overlap that much in when we do these, but I'm just kind of
1: curious. So. Yeah. Well, I only picked ones that I've actually seen. Same. So. I am not a big movie person. I didn't say that earlier. I'm much more of a TV person, which is partially why we do movies on our podcast now is because Drew is more of a movie person. Right. So I was definitely limited to ones I've only seen, which makes the list smaller. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So my first one, I'm going to do Little Miss Sunshine. Okay. Yeah, nice.
0: I've actually never seen that, but I hear it's really good.
1: It is good. It is one that kind of gets not made fun of but it's a very stereotypical like indie feel-good movie Mm -hmm. so i think it just kind of went through kind of the same it went through kind of the same thing that garden state did where it was very very popular and beloved and now looking back it's like uh was it that great i don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like garden state all right cool my number one is dumb and dumber
1: I knew you would pick that one somewhere (laughs) on your list. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Jim Carrey fan. So, um, I mean, that movie came out, I think, when I was in my teens. Still funny to this day. It's really good. um, Kind of buddy comedy. You don't like it? What?
1: No, we watched it for our podcast, I think, last year sometime. And I made our friend Sarah watch it with me. And we just kept watching the time we're like oh my gosh it's still not over oh
0: my god i think it's hilarious
1: (laughs) more of a guy movie maybe (laughs) maybe i don't know that could be too much of a generalization but yeah
0: no that's probably that's probably right
1: um on the flip side i'm going to pick as my next one thelma and louise
0: all right nice
1: so i didn't see this one that long ago. It was within the last five years for sure, but it's just a classic. Yeah. Gina Davis, Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I have not seen that in forever. That was like one of Brad Pitt's first roles too, right? Right. Yeah. Playing like the hunky cowboy. I remember really liking it. Maybe I should go back and watch that again.
1: Yeah. It has that iconic scene at the end that, you know, I think people kind of reference in vague terms sometimes like oh we're going to like Thelma and Louise it which just right. means like go for it
0: yeah just go up drive off a cliff just fucking do drive it. drive off that cliff <laughs> <laughs> all right my number two is maybe not something that a lot of people know it's um it's a movie called The Trip it stars Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon it's a British kind of road trip comedy movie have you ever heard of it no it's on Hulu if you want to check it out so it's like the thinnest of thin plots. Basically, it's these two guys who are kind of casual friends, but they play themselves, like they're they're both actors playing themselves as actors going up the British countryside to like check out different cuisine and like different restaurants and stuff. But the whole time is like, they're just kind of like ripping on each other and they do impressions of like different other, like other actors um, like Michael Caine and Al Pacino and things like that. I think it's like really funny <laughs> but i i get it's probably not for everybody but that's actually like a really it's one of my favorite movies so
1: interesting yeah, yeah i'll have to check it out let's see my f- number three is another one that i saw pretty recently even though it's pretty old and it's debatable whether it's a classic like road trip movie mm-hmm. um the wizard
0: oh nice that is on my so- list as well but
1: further so down. So in it I mean they are traveling but they're not traveling like consistently the same way throughout which is why I say it's debatable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just watched it during this whole quarantine thing for the first time, which is surprising because I'm a very big Jenny Lewis fan. Mm-hmm. music, you know. And she is one of the main people in it, but it's a fun movie. I mean, it's Is she is she like the terrible parenting?
0: Yeah, is she the 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 girl who's taken along with Thick like, Fred Savage? yeah oh i didn't know that was jenny lewis that's crazy yep. yeah and that whole movie was a sort of like a big pr stunt from nintendo to sell super mario brothers 3
1: and also the power glove right and the
0: power glove yeah it's so rad <laughs> yeah a lot of memes out of that movie i loved that movie when i was a kid i haven't seen it in forever isn't christian slater's in that too isn't he there's a lot of big names in there yeah yeah,
1: yeah. he's one of the brothers
0: yeah god such a good movie okay my number three is tommy boy have you seen tommy boy nope (laughs) another classic comedy not necessarily i wouldn't say it's like another kind of like male centric one but it's definitely like another buddy comedy road trip with you know david spade chris farley in their prime
1: yeah i know of it i've seen pictures of it like the one where chris farley's like flipping his glasses glasses up Yeah. yeah So I definitely know of it, but I know very, very little about it.
0: Yeah. Well, you should watch it. It's a really good movie. It's heartfelt in moments.
1: Yeah. Okay. The next one I'm going to pick, even though I don't remember a ton about it, it's Away We Go, which has John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph. And she's pregnant. And so they're just like about to have this baby. And they're going around to all these different houses. I can't remember the context of it.
0: I think I've seen that. It's been a long time, though.
1: Yeah, I feel like it came out maybe like 2010, something okay, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah.
0: I love Maya Rudolph, anything she's in. <laughs> she's
1: amazing. And John Krasinski has a very nice beard in it. Mm, nice. <laughs> yes. He looks very manly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, my number four, I am going to go with a Goofy movie starring Goofy and Max, his son. <laughs> Tell me you've seen that one. Come on.
1: I had that on my list. Um, So I had seen it, you know, way back when. And I actually just watched it again during this quarantine stuff, too.
0: As I was putting the list together, I was like, I was looking up like different articles and stuff like road trip movies. I was like, oh, a goofy movie. Of course. Like, of course. And so I like I rewatched it last night. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it still holds up. It's still a great movie.
1: The Leaning Tower of (laughs) Chiza. It's i actually didn't really like it as much watching it now oh really but yeah oh. i remember loving it as a kid especially when he's performing with Powerline. right
0: I, I just remember like i can sing most of the songs i i just remember being like i think i was like around the same age max was and maybe when it came out or something but it was like because i was really into goof troop mm. I don't know. It was just really, really good. Really, it really spoke to me as a as a teen.
1: <laughs> I think part of the reason I don't love it is because I don't like musicals, and there were a lot more songs in it than I remembered. You don't like musicals? No.
0: <laughs> good to know. I guess I'll never drag you to yeah. a musical.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm really going back and forth on number five, and the main reason. So I'm just gonna pick it. Yeah. This this one might not count as a road trip. You you can tell me if it doesn't. Okay. But I'm gonna go with "Oh brother, where art thou?" Okay, yeah, that's fair. They're—I mean—they are driving. Yeah, no, th- that counts. It's—it's it's it like old-timey <laughs> driving. <laughs> yeah. It's—it's it's more of a escape than a road trip. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think we—we've covered this in a previous podcast, but I've never seen that either. I've seen like bits and pieces here and there. I think Drew was offended when I said that.
1: Um. No, he was by me as well because i did not see this until may
0: oh really okay yeah yeah i'm gonna i sprained
1: my ankle back in may and i watched i think like 32 movies in three weeks holy shit So jesus this was one of them yeah it's a good movie and despite the fact that i don't like musicals and this does have singing in it it's the context of the singing that mattered for me and in this movie singing is all at appropriate times and not just bursting into song right so it's it's a pretty good movie it's It's pretty it's woven into
0: the into the plot it's not like right like you said just people bursting into song for in choreographed dancing all right cool so my last one I debate a lot about this but I think I have to go with National Lampoon's Vacation taking the Griswolds over to Wally World and then getting there and it's shut down it's just such a good movie
1: yeah, that was going to be my number five if I didn't uh, was pick it? Go Brother oh, Where Are Oh, nice, out. yeah. <laughs> Chevy
0: Chase, like, at, not at his peak quite yet, but it, it still is, like, he's still really, really funny.
1: Yeah, I am pretty sure I've seen all of it all the way through, whereas I've seen Christmas Vacation literally, like, a hundred times. Yeah, for, yeah, same. I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah. I watch it, like, five times a year. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> even when it's not Christmas time
1: always when it's Christmas. I do have my boundaries, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. but it's one that I just like turn on all the time mm-hmm. during Christmas. So
0: I think Christmas movies are a game after Halloween, but I don't like Christmas stuff like in stores until after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Cool. Did you have any other like alternates?
1: I mean, one that I wanted to pick but couldn't because I haven't seen it is Crossroads, the oh, Britney Spears Britney movie. Sp- <laughs> 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 Not because it's good, but because it's a very like quintessential road trip movie like that is all just about a road trip it's
0: quote unquote a movie
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it has Zoe Saldana oh really yeah I didn't know that how about you
0: uh yeah I have a bunch actually so (laughs) Blues Brothers is on there it's not really like a road trip movie I mean they're driving quite a bit but um Rat Race
1: oh yeah That didn't even come up for me. That movie, when we saw it in the theaters, I had never seen my dad laugh so hard. Like he almost fell out of his chair laughing. Yeah,
0: such a good movie. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. um, Another Jim Carrey movie, me, myself, and Irene. And then I also had The Wizard and then Smoking the Bandit.
1: Okay. I considered also Paper Moon, but I hadn't seen it in a really long time. It's that older movie Mm -hmm. with Paul O'Neill and Tatum O'Neill.
0: I don't think I've heard of it.
1: It's from like the 60s, maybe. Got it.
0: So any final thoughts you have on sideways?
1: Just that I have been drinking a little bit more Pinot Noir since I watched this (laughs) back in July. Yeah. I am pretty strictly a cab person, but every now and then I'll pick up a Pinot, you know.
0: So Paul Giamatti really talked talked it up enough for you to uh, change your drinking habits.
1: Yeah, the sideways effect worked on me. Nice, nice.
0: Yeah, I liked it. Um, like I said, I have a different perspective on it now than I did before. You know, it's different when you look at it from like, well, I wasn't a teen, early 20s, as opposed to like now. Um, I think the depression just hits a little harder because you're like, shit, like, <laughs> I could be one of these guys, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: But as a movie, I thought it was, you know, it had its funny moments uh, and I overall enjoyed it. So I thought it was good.
1: I think they did a lot with it. What could have been a pretty static movie ended up having a lot of, you know, twists and turns and elements like you don't really see the whole waitress thing coming.
0: Right. Or like him running into a tree. Like, like what? What Yeah.
1: (laughs) Even though they do kind of allude to it when Jack asks Miles what his face looks like and he says it looks like you got into a car accident.
0: Oh, true. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, cool, cool, cool. So, Next movie is going to be TBD. I got to find someone else to hop in the passenger seat with me here, but I guess I'll let everyone know on Twitter (laughs) what we decide on doing (laughs) next time. So Katie, if you want to just give people an idea like how to find you and uh, where to listen to your podcast.
1: Yeah, so our podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at tfgif podcast, And I post different stuff on each of them, so it's worth following both of them. But yeah, um, and then on you know, Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to podcasts, we should be there.
0: Um, Thank you again so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I hope you had a good time.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. And it's been so long since I've seen you. So it's been fun for that too. Quarantine's
0: (laughs) a bitch, man. So uh, we want to thank you all for listening. If you want to reach out, share your own sequel ideas, conspiracy theories, or top picks, hit us up on Twitter at superimposedpod or email us at superimposedpod at gmail.com. We'll see you
1: next time you yeah.